that I'm going to get my Moderna shot today. I haven't changed one of my songs to fit the occasion. Vaccine, 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 vaccine. I'm begging of you, please don't hesitate. Vaccine, 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 vaccine. Because once you're dead, then that's a bit too late. <laughs> there is uh, There's Dolly. Because Moderna just wouldn't have sounded the same, right? Right. Or Pfizer. Yeah, Pfizer. Or Johnson & Johnson. Pfizer wouldn't fit. My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old and put in a loyal 26 years. Welcome to my second act. My name's Don and I'm Caddy's wife. Do you do you get mad because I use memes over words when I text back with you? Like, do you think that's lazy texting? Do you think people think that's lazy? I don't understand. I use them for Carl, too. Hopefully he doesn't think that. I, mean, I think he thinks he did. he's saying yes, possibly. You respond with memes rather than sometimes yes sometimes words sometimes memes but i have this fabulous meme collection and i just love to use them but i think that's like an old person thing too well but i mean like and they're not just okay there's a difference there's a difference between like emojis and like memes you know like if somebody tells me like if someone says like uh i don't know they something good happened then i'll send my praise the lord one with the woman dancing like in the church you know and if it's uh Oh, oh, if somebody says like, you're never going to believe what happened the most, you know, and this horrible thing happened today. I have this great one and I forget what movie it's from, but it's Brad Pitt where he walks in the door with his briefcase and like falls on the floor because he's just like, he can't take it anymore. He's so exhausted. What do you think? Do you have a problem with it? You know, if you have the time. What do you mean the, if I have the time? What if you have the time during the day to search for a meme? No, I have To respond them. to a, te- what is just like a, a, like a, a hot button? I have a meme folder <laughs> yeah, that okay. I pull them out of. All right. Yeah. Okay. I'm just wondering if people think that that's lazy instead of like sending back a long because some people have you ever like you just ask a simple question I and mean, have you ever met one of those people or you have one of those people in your life that they can send back a, the longest text string yeah like well thought out but within two minutes they while, serve it up while we're here mm-hmm. on this topic mm-hmm. when someone sends you a text with information it doesn't necessarily always require if ever a phone call in return you follow me are you speaking to me no oh so like if i so if i send you a text and say x that's not a solicitation for a phone call i'm just sharing information it doesn't require conversation or discussion it's a simple text okay do you know where that comes into play when the follow-up text there's too much information save it example the you know if i send you something and i'm like the dogs need dog food and then you text me back. A pizza slice emoji. Which means what? I, you know, I just like to. I know your emojis them. are so odd. Yeah. Okay. Then I'm like, wait a minute. I also need to tell them a couple other things. So then I pick up the phone. And I'm like, oh, and the cats need cat food. And remember the dog's only like this kind of dog food. And it's too much to type. So sometimes a phone call is warranted. It seems. And you now. Every time though. Yeah. Well, and you now when I call are like. I do that on purpose though. Because I'm going to put you on speakerphone. Mm-hmm. Always. And and so when I see you call, I hit accept or whatever. And then just to set the tone for the call, I'm like, oh, okay. And I know you can hear me, but like, gee, hello. That's so rude. I found a trick on TikTok. You ready? If someone calls and you don't want to talk to them, but you want to show that you think enough of them to answer the call, hit airplane mode after you say hello. Here's why. It says call failed. Not call ended. 
Okay, so instead of taking this call, you're no, going to you go take the call. You yeah. pretend like you're in. That's you're a lot of trouble. And then you have to go flip to airplane mode real quick. All you do is slide down the screen for the top right here, airplane mode. And that way they think that it was a it was a network problem, not that you hung up on them. But that person. But then they're going to keep calling back. You're in airplane mode. You just don't answer. The stuff you learn on TikTok. All, All right. right. It's a double dose of rock. This episode on the Don and Caddy Spotify Hype Song Playlist. Really? Cashmere, Led Zeppelin, put it up. That's it yours? Up. Yep. Put it That's up. a good one. I think that, we, again, it's a failure on our part that there's not been a single, we've been doing this podcast for 14 months, there's not been a single Led Zeppelin song, to my knowledge, on there. So. Yeah, that's good. It's got that good. No. Yeah, that's Cashmere. Yeah. It's not LaGrange from ZZ Top. Okay. Yeah, I guess that's right. I loved Led Zeppelin. Those bell bottoms. Robert Plant. Remember, he'd have that shirt off and he'd spin that microphone. That's LaGrange. Yeah, that's LaGrange. Cashmere is. I don't think that's it. It is. Okay. Add, add, All right. Tell us about your song. Anyway, moment. so we will add that on there. So I am adding um, Grand Funk Railroad. Do you oh, remember wow. them? I don't. Okay. You're going to know the song. It's called Some Kind of Wonderful. And I used to. Some Kind of Wonderful. wonderful. I know yeah. the song. So I used to skate to that song all the time at Skating Rink. But listen to these facts I found out about Grand Funk. Because I'm like, was that their only hit? Like, was that it? So in the 70s, Rolling Stone wrote an article about them. And they ask people, like the, the cover story was, is this band really that terrible? But they sold out Madison Square Garden, Shea Stadium, I mean, everywhere. But the critics hated them. They were from Detroit. and um, so, But they did all these arena shows. And so they've never been able to get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because all the critics hated them. But they were massively famous. And they that, that's where like um, Stadium Rock or Arena Rock, where the name came from. Because it was like these big, just loud, you know, guitars and rock sound. So. Oh, I know what cashmere is. Da-da-dun. Da-da-dun. Dun-dun. Da-da-dun. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's what I said. I said Okay, I got you. All right, we'll add both of those. It is kind of a rock and roll kind of day. Simple search on Spotify. Caddy and Donna Hypes on Playlist, which was the original from 2020, or now Donna and Caddy Hypes on Playlist. And if you're traveling for spring break and uh, you are completely caught up on episodes of the My Second Act podcast, then we suggest you shift to the Spotify Hypes on Playlist and, and enjoy that. If you're flying on Atlanta-based Delta, yes. had a Delta employee who's a pod peep this episode, who is working to get the podcast aboard Delta's we entertainment system. We love her. She said, for now, just remind people that the in- infotainment system on Delta Jets has spot the Spotify app. And so people yeah. can listen to your podcast and the Spotify hypes on playlist while they fly on Atlanta based Delta. Love that. Is that not great? That is great. What better way, especially if you're going from here to like LA and then on to Hawaii. I mean, that's eight hours of my second act entertainment. Long, long time. All right. This episode is live from Bath and Body Works. Oh boy. Scottsdale's fashion square mall. The disagreement in question started over someone cutting in line. It was not mask or race related. Well, that's good to know. I think originally, though, everybody thought that it was at least mask related or someone wasn't six feet apart from somebody. Have you seen the video of this? This brawl. It's insanity. 
my favorite. Becomes a manager. That woman's tube top is above her breasts mm -hmm. at this point. The customer. I need my purse yells, and then there's a couple of f words that are dropped. So we're going to stop right there. But why did I, someone I love just that man. why he, did why did someone just not light the stress release spearmint candle? Well, it probably was really maybe that's what they were fighting over. I love how that man comes out of the back stock room and like he's like, oh, you know, he comes out there and he's like, oh hell, because it's going to be a slow day. There's just women everywhere. He's just back there unpacking his candles. It was crazy. Now I've got to tell you something. I told you I had to look closely. The woman who was battling it out looked like my friend Karen from softball. I mean, from the dress to the sandals to everything. Once I found out it wasn't in the city, I knew it wasn't her. But it looks very rough. Like these retail people take her down. It's four on two. But what was the problem? You said you knew. It the, started over someone cutting in line. Oh, I thought she was too close to someone or something. Yeah, okay. There was. I think there was a lot of misinformation. This went viral in no time. This happened like Sunday afternoon at 2 p.m. Arizona time. And by it was trending number one in the nation like an hour later because it is a full you know it's not one of, you know occasionally you see a waffle house brawl which are those are great fights to watch yeah they're epic on social media but they're pretty quick this was like a one minute and eight second takedown well they were taking down stanchions they were falling they were rolling over candles and displays wrestling my favorite part is whoever like pulled out their phone they're like instead of helping i think i'm gonna record yeah i was sad over the weekend because spring ball kicked off for so many people around the country. And it made me sad to not be at the ballpark. I know. And to see all these pictures in social media. I was reaching out to friends like, hey, are, are your kids playing ball? C can I come watch? Because you don't want to be that man that just shows up by himself at the ballpark and sits uh, by himself in the stands. Yeah. And there are those. Oh, yeah. And 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 sports associations should, should, should at least give you a look-see. You know? Yeah, but now I'm wondering, like, because I always saw those people and, and I felt that they were creepy. And now I'm wondering if there are people like they're like us who just their kids have grown up and they wanted to come watch some ball. Beautiful weather. I know. Opening weekend. The I know. excitement, the fanfare, the pageantry. I know. And normally Olivia would be behind the plate catching and hitting. and. Oh. So we're really pushing for her to play fall ball because it'll be yes. her last opportunity because she's a rising high school senior. Yeah, I think we're getting there. We're making progress. Morgan Wallen update. Dangerous, the double album, is spending an eighth week at number one on the Billboard 200. I'm just going to leave that right there for you. Just going to leave that right there. Never been done before in country music. Unbelievable. Grammys are coming up on Sunday, March 14th. That is soon. Also, uh, spring ahead. Uh, spring forward this weekend. Don't forget about that. If I you, like springing forward. Do you? If, I tell you, you lose an hour. If you're listening on upload date, thank you for that. Tuesday, March the 9th. So this Sunday, whenever that is, uh, you spring forward. March 14th. Well, that'd be this Sunday, too. So it'd be March 14th, you spring for. Here's what's going on. The Grammys have a new producer, and he's going to mix things up a little bit. And it started with him saying, you know what? We're not going to just dribble out performers. We're going to release every single performer the same day, which happened to be this past Sunday, because we don't want there to be a sense of hierarchy. Or for people to say, if they announce five artists, well, there's not so-and-so in there, or there's not a representation of blank in there. So they just said, here you go. Here's what's happening. For the first time since the late 90s, the Grammys this coming Sunday will not be held at the Staples Center or at Madison Square Garden in New York City. Here's what's going on. They're going to build basically a city in the Los Angeles Convention Center. 
and it's going to be four huge stages. And the people in the audience, uh, just a small number of people, but it'll be performers, nominees, and and some of their guests. And they're going to have four stages, and so, and set up in the round. And so there'll be 45 people at each stage. So 45 times four. Don't make me do math. It's early, but say 200. Then they're going to usher the, right? Well, mm-hmm. that's right. 180. Yeah, that's right. Then they'll usher those 180 out and bring another 180 in. So they're going to recycle not only the crowd, mm-hmm. but the performers. And here is, uh, here are just some of them. And, and the producer did say, listen, we're going to have to have a mix of live performances and pre-recorded performances. That's just the way it is during a pandemic. Um, some of the performers, Bad Bunny. You know them? Uh, he. He. Is a Hispanic rapper, if I recall. Yep. Uh, Cardi B, BTS. You know them. Doja Cat. The baby, uh, Miranda Lamberts and Marin Morris representing country music. Posty, Roddy Rich, Harry Styles has never performed at the Grammys. This will be his first year. I know I can't. Not wait. even with one D did yeah. he perform. Taylor yeah. Swift is performing Sunday. John Mayer, Megan The Stallion, uh, Chris Martin, Little Baby, and I wonder if the baby and Little Baby will carpool together. Maybe I wonder if like the baby drives Little Baby. Like, does he have to be like in the back, like in a car seat? Get it. Billy Eilish. Thank you. Brandy Carlisle and a whole host of others this Sunday, the Grammys. Yeah. So Taylor Swift's got some work to do to stay away from her exes. She's got John Mayer and Harry Styles performing. Very good point. So she's got to kind of make sure she's, she gets recycled in and out before they get recycled in and out. Although I don't know, maybe they're, maybe they're all okay now. I think it's going to be a good show again. Hopefully they'll pull it off and it'll be really good. The return of live music. I think everybody needs it. You know, yeah, definitely live music and um, live award shows. And I think that, you know, it, the Academy of Country Music Awards, the ACMs were the first award show to give it a shot during a pandemic. And it was last September. They bumped the show. We've had a conversation about this recently. They bumped the show from April to September. Um, everybody kind of went to school on them and said, well, we're not doing it that way because uh, it was just horrible. Uh, I didn't think it was terrible. It was horrible. horrible. Uh, and, and then after that, you had different award shows, and they, 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 they tried different things. And by the time the Country Music Association Awards rolled around in November, I thought that they were spot on. Yeah, they had it pretty they had it down. They had all the kinks out. But, I mean, you have to give it to the ACMs. I mean, they were pretty ambitious to try to come out and do it as the first one. And you knew they were going to get a lot of feedback on what wasn't going well. There were a lot of stories that were told with Oprah. Sunday night in the CBS primetime special with Prince Harry and Meghan. I think the biggest bomb was the fact that someone, he kept referring to the institution, the firm, which is the monarchy or the royal family, being concerned about the color of Archie's skin. There were clips. Originally, this was slated as a 90-minute special Saturday, 24 hours prior to air, CBS said we're extending it to two hours. But there was so much footage still left over that CBS and it's very smart. They're very smart to do this. They they send you to their so you know their their digital platforms, and they also encouraged you to tune in Monday morning, the morning after the sit down, where Oprah would join her best friend Gail King on CBS this morning, and they were going to send out or share some more clips that you didn't see during the actual primetime special. When the conversation about the color of Archie's skin 
was had. Prince Harry said, I will not reveal who was the main person to have this conversation. Um, this is a clip with Oprah and Gail from Monday morning talking about a conversation Oprah had with Prince Harry after the camera stopped rolling about this. About the color of the baby's skin. Yeah. And you, you asked mm -hmm. Harry about it when he came out. He did not tell you who it was. Do you, did you all have another conversation about it? Because that was something that, mm -hmm. there's a big guessing game all around the world. Who was it? Who was it? Who was it? And yeah. I thought it was very touching that Harry still is choosing to protect the identity of whoever that was. Yes, and he did not share the identity with me, but he wanted to make sure that I knew, and if I had an opportunity to share it, that it was not his grandmother mother, nor his grandfather that were a part of those conversations. That it was not his grandmother and Prince Philip, he said? Yeah, was not his a part grandfather. Of Neither his grand, grand, grandmother nor grandfather were a part of those conversations. He did okay. not tell me who were a part of those conversations. Right. As you can see, I tried to get that answer yeah. Yeah. Uh, on camera and off. Let's talk I about texted. Let, let's so a clip from uh, you didn't see on Sunday night. I know that that part of the conversation, we watched it together live in real time, which we never do. Excuse me, I'm the Klimt. Um, You say you know who it is. I don't know for sure, but it's I, I have a strong feeling that it's that evil Prince Charles. Why do you say that? Because I think that I don't know. I just, I think it, that's who it is because I think, you know, it, how would you turn? It wasn't, here's the thing. And that, that's here's father. Yes. If it was someone just in the firm, which I found fascinating. That, it was know, like an episode. They, they, it was, you made me think of like Blacklist yes. on ABC, the, the institution. The, the institution, firm. the firm. Well, a couple of job dropping moments, you know, with those things, with the firm and the institution. But if it, if it was just a general person that they worked with, he would have said it was a staff member. It was, a, you know what I mean? But it was, it was clearly a conversation that was had. Um, by someone in his family. And, you know, he, I think everyone sitting down before they sat down assumed that all of their troubles were with the queen and they weren't. And he made that very clear that he still talks to his grandmother on a daily basis. Uh, Megan said she just picked up the phone the other day and called to inquire about Prince Philip, who's been in hospital and they want to make sure he was okay. I'm telling you, his a lot of his issues. And he said that his relationship with his father is not in a good place right now. And they're working on it. And that there was a time when his, his father, father wouldn't, take his, wouldn't take his phone calls. Um, what makes me the saddest is him and William, because you know, you see these pictures of them as his little brother. Prince yes. Prince. His Prince William, you see the pictures of him and his brothers, little boys, and they had to take on the world when his mother passed away. And I think there's a lot of anger still left from him probably about his mother and the situation and his father and all the rumors that have gone on through the years. And it was just, I thought it was fascinating. And and I will say this, I, I know people by the time they listen to the podcast on Tuesday are probably going to already be over because it's everywhere, all this royal talk. But what was the parts that were fascinating to me were different things. The, like I said, the fact that it's the firm, but that Megan struggled greatly and, you know, thought of taking her life. And that she had, they had to go to the firm. Basically, they said to HR, to human resources. Which who knew the castle? 
the monarchy. How did the HR department? Yes. Like, what's that extension? To ask them for assistance, you know? And I thought it was very interesting when they said, well, could you not just go to a hospital? She's like, I can't just pot up an Uber and have them come to, um, come to the, you know, castle and, and take me away. And I think there's some people who might say, I thought they were incredibly trustworthy. I thought they were very honest. I thought they were very believable. I did too. Believable. And I'm, I know with, as with everything, there's two sides to every story, but I think if people say today, like, oh my gosh, I think that was a dramatic move on her part to say that she was going to take her own life. But nobody but those people can understand the amount of press and the British press is relentless. And the things they were saying about her, you know, and they had put up a bunch of the different articles. And what the problem was, they had always told her they would have her back and they would you know, help her with these stories. And it became very clear that they were not going to do that. Also, I thought it was very interesting that, you know, the tide on her turned after they took their trip to Australia, that the royal family initially welcomed her into the family. Well, coincidentally, the same thing happened with his mother, Diana. When and it Charles, was the same trip. Same trip, same country, when Charles and Diana went to Australia. And I've thought so much about that. And it's like, like what Harry was saying was, wouldn't the royal family have wanted her and have been happy that the world didn't see color, that they accepted her and that they were so happy to have her in the royal family? But it's this kind, it was kind of the same thing with Diana. It's like, be careful what you wish for, because they didn't like the fact that these females were getting attention over the monarchy and that that was overshadowing the monarchy and, and what was going on. I thought it was absolutely fascinating. Here's a second clip that you did not see or hear during the Sunday night primetime special. Uh, Prince Harry reveals in this clip to Oprah that a large part of the reason he and Meghan left the UK was because of racism. Did you leave the country because of racism? It was a lot. It was a large part of it. I remember that um, the uh, the Centre Bali uh, fundraiser. Yes. Um, one of the people at that at that dinner said to me, "Please don't, please don't do this with with the media. They will they will destroy your life." This person is friends with a lot of the editors and and whatever. And I said, "Sorry, just elaborate. What do you mean by that?" Obviously, I knew. He said, "You need to understand that the UK is very bigoted." And I stopped him. I said, the UK is not bigoted. The UK press is bigoted, specifically yeah. the tabloids. Is that what you mean? He goes, no, the UK is bigoted. And I said, I, d I completely disagree. But unfortunately, if the source of information is inherently corrupt or, or racist or biased, then that filters out to the rest of society. Wow. Yeah. I think that's so interesting. Yeah, it's fascinating. And, and it could not have been an easy conversation, much easier conversation, I think, for Megan to have as an American, but for Harry, who, and that's what I saw last night, he seems so just sad. I mean, happy now, obviously, you know, to be on the other side of it, but to have been born in the monarchy. And, you know, he, he was very um, transparent that they cut him off financially starting in January. And one of the things that kept coming up and kept coming up was security detail, security detail, how they, you know, had ended that for them. And I kept saying to you, it's, it's because he was justifying. And I don't think he has to justify. I said this too. I don't think you have to justify making money, 
but he was justifying the deals that they had done with Spotify and with Netflix and stuff, that the main reason that they did those is because they had been cut off financially. And that that was not originally the intent wasn't the plan. to strike deals no. for millions like they did. But they didn't have a choice. Their backs were up against the wall financially and that they didn't have security, that they had to pay for security. And I kept saying to you, what, I mean, what is the deal with security? But you... You brought up a great point. We don't know what has been on the other side, what death threats have come, what types of, you know, because you do have a a royal living out in the open in the United States. It's, It's never I mean, it's a totally different situation. And I also think he has a lot of trauma from the way his mother, Diana, was treated in the press and ultimately how she lost her life. So that trauma probably plays into him constantly worrying about his own child about his own safety about Megan's safety you know and I mean I just I thought it was just uh it was a great interview and I said to you I thought Oprah was gonna as usual lob a bunch of softball questions I think she did a great job she circled back around a couple of times to say wait you you know you you are grew up in the monarchy and raised in a castle right and Uh, you're an elitist yes and you you were unhappy and felt trapped right Let's go back to that. Yeah, spend some more time on that. Because she knows the hot buttons that people are going to be like, oh, please. But I understand what he's saying. And he said his father and his brother are still trapped. Because, you know, they did negotiate a way out. But I don't think all of them can do that. Mental health, race issues, loneliness. Megan spoke of lack of support, thoughts of suicide. Archie's skin color. Um, Harry's family prepared to lie to those Donna that watched and, 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 and said you are married to Prince Harry. You, again, you live in a castle, your royalty suck it up, buttercup. What do you say? Yeah, it doesn't work that way with mental health. You know, it doesn't. And I think out of everything that came out, if you, even if you care nothing about the story of the Royals, the part that I love about, and I don't, love is a funny word, but that I, I feel good about is I think they will do a great job bringing awareness and attention to mental health issues. That he said, they said, why didn't you, you know, go to someone and tell your family? And he said, I was embarrassed. And he was almost embarrassed for being embarrassed. I was embarrassed to, and not embarrassed for Megan, but he was just embarrassed because he didn't know how to deal with it. And, and when there's two people in a relationship and one person is really struggling with mental health, the person who's struggling with the mental health doesn't want to be, and she said it, doesn't want to put more of a burden on the person who doesn't have that issue going on. Because that's not to say that the other person's not struggling too, but they may not be struggling at, you know, at the condition this person is. I just thought it was a really transparent conversation about mental health that needs to happen in this country because there are so many people suffering, you know, before COVID, during COVID, now with the fallout, you know, and I think to see two people who seemingly have everything struggle and, you know, that she went somewhere and basically people said that, suck it up, buttercup, we can't help you, you can't leave, you can't get help, you know, it's a mental illness and you can't control that, you can't turn that on and off and, and, you know, the, the great story about her basically having a mental kind of mini mental breakdown and then having to jump in a car with him and go to like Royal Albert Hall and and do, do an event. 
you know, no different than people who are getting up this morning and they're trying to drive into work and they know they have to be on today, but they're, they're not in a good place with mental health. So I hope it'll shine the light on that, you know, and I hope with, I think with their new foundation, Archwell, they're going to do a lot of stuff related to mental health. It's a girl. Yes. Which is exciting. They're having a baby girl and she had a miscarriage. I mean, they had a, they had a rough year too, you know, baby, baby girls coming sometime in, in the summer. I'll tell you another thing. Did you not think it was fascinating that they watched The Crown? I, I think Prince Harry tried to shy away from it. He tried to get away from that a little bit, but he admitted kind of, he admitted they watched a little bit of it. Yeah, I would think it would be very difficult for him to watch, especially the episodes about his mother. And How about the fact that they were actually married three days before yep. the royal wedding, which was revealed? I mean, there was a lot of revelation in a this. A lot situation. of them. Tyler Perry. Paid for security. Gave them the safe house in in outside of Santa Barbara and, and provided their security because... They had been cut off from security. Remember, they moved to Canada first. Yeah. They had royal security then. Uh, and then the the castle calls, the firm, the institution calls and says, listen, by the way, we're stripping you of your security. Well, that was right before March of 2020 when the pandemic hit. Yeah. So they decided to come to the States. Tyler, I mean. How's that? Happen? How do you get on his, in a group chat or, or like on know. his friend list? I don't know. I feel like we need to meet him and get on there in case. Yeah. He seems to be so giving. The other one was that um, when they, yeah. So when they moved over here, I mean, I, I, I was kind of like, I wonder if Oprah, because they're they're they live down the street from Oprah and obviously she's very good friends with Tyler Perry, but how does that come out? Like, are you like, okay. Cause he's so like private Royals notoriously are very private. Like, how does that come out? Like, I don't have any security. I don't have any money. And that was the other thing. I think people think that they're very wealthy, but if you think about it, you know, he went into the military. He served in the military. And his only job has been being a royal. And if you actually follow the monarchy and the royals, they're not flush with cash. I mean, they kind of are, but they're kind of not. It's like, you know, it's interesting. But like real cash. But anyway, we digress. They're, they're palace poor. Yeah, exactly. They're palace poor. But the point of it is he, like anyone else, had had, had to pivot. There's that word in the pandemic, you know, like, Okay, we're not supporting you anymore financially. You know what? I would well, have to, to hear him say, "We could not have done this had I not had the money that from my, my mother, mother yes had left." And her money came from where? A uh, Prince Charles, <laughs> and and the monarchy. Yeah, to pay to pay off. You can see the two hour special on uh, CBS.com and also all of their digital platforms and the clips. There, there are more clips that. Uh, you heard only two of, I think, six that, that that CBS and Harper Productions released after the primetime special Monday morning. And you can see all of those on the CBS digital platforms as well. For as low as $5.99 a month, you get a vehicle that fits your needs, fits your life. You enjoy built-in insurance as part of that $5.99 per month and premium roadside assistance too while avoiding the hassle of maintaining your ride and without the long-term commitment. It is the Hertz My Car subscription program. Three different tiers. Starting as low as $5.99 per month, always have the car that fits your need. And you can exchange it right up to twice uh, twice a month. Or you listen, you also don't have to do that. If you find if you find the vehicle or the first vehicle that that uh that, that you select with the Hertz My Car subscription program, if that's the one you want, stick with it. They're fine with that. Yeah, they, there's no there's no end date if you want to stay in that vehicle. I had a couple people reach out to me that said that, you know, there this is a perfect situation. They're looking into it because um they found themselves in need of a car. 
and they they weren't expecting to need a car. And so they don't have a huge down payment. They can't do, um, you know, a traditional leasing program because they, they're, they are going to be traveling out of state and putting on some miles. And you can, you know, you get a certain set of miles through the Hertz program. But if you're going to be traveling a lot, you can also build in miles. But the great thing is you don't have to have a lot of money to start this program. There is a one-time initiation fee, $250, and you sign up for two months. That's all your commitment is. And then from there, you can cancel at any time, or you can keep going. So while you're looking for that next car, because that's a problem sometimes, is you don't want to go weeks without a car while you're trying to find your car and trying to get financing for your car and figure out how you're going to pay for your car. So the Hertz My Car program is perfect for that, um, just in between. I had someone ask me about the Hertz My Car program, and the question was, is it a nationwide program? And yes, it is. You can pick up at over 2,000 convenient U.S. corporate, uh, Hertz U.S. corporate neighborhood airport locations. Uh, if you're in Atlanta, this we've got the world's busiest airport. You want to talk about the cream of the crop at Hartsfield, but we also have Hertz, uh, you know, uh, U.S. corporate neighborhood locations all over Atlanta. But it is a nationwide program, over 2,000 locations. Someone asked me, uh, can, I, can I travel across state lines? Yes, you can. Can you travel out of the country? No. You can't, but well, I mean, you could travel well, across where, the border. Where are you going to drive your car <laughs> to the country? We have listeners in California. We have listeners oh, in upstate yes. New York. Don't take it to Tijuana. No, Hertz frowns on that. Go ahead. Okay, but you can, you know, if if you for vacation for spring break, sporty coupe, spacious SUVs to pick up trucks and luxury sedans, and everything in between. Hertz gives you the right car right where you need it. Offering the ultimate transportation flexibility is just one more way. Hertz goes the extra mile for you. More info. Reach out to us. We can answer any questions you got. We're part of the program. Have been for months. But you can also learn more at Hertz.com slash my car. H-E-R-T-Z dot com slash my car. Dinner for your meals are chef prepared. And all of their meal kits are prepared by hand using only the most delicious high quality ingredients. And they're designed to go directly into the freezer. There's less uh, less waste and, and more taste. Now, I'm going to brag on myself. It was such a good meal. We had a a, a chicken cordon bleu last night from Dinner Affair. And it was, it was fabulous. Olivia, who's the pickiest of our eaters, she's 17, high school junior. She she rates the Dinner Affair meals. And they're always at least, you know, 8 to 10. She's tough. She's yes. tough. She says to me, Dad, this one is a 10 plus. Yes. This is my favorite meal we've ever had from Dinner Affair. It was a solid 10. It was that crunchy, crispy chicken, and then there was ham on there, and then breadcrumbs on there top. Were lots of cheese. Lots gotta, of cheese. cheese. We ha- and here's what we cooked on the side. A little bit of asparagus and some new potatoes. And we had this like really awesome meal last night. And Dinner Affair is also doing right now their dinners for one. So if you have been waiting and you're, you've always been one of those people who's reached out to us that says, you know, I don't have a huge family, but I want to eat healthy and I want I don't want to eat out so much. Now is the time they have them ready for you. So instead of going to the, you know, if, if you know you're eating out too much when you literally cannot think of a single fast food item or anything you want to eat, it's time to start eating at home. Save that money. No prep needed. Everything is ready to cook as needed. Guarantee quick meals. No standing for an hour cutting and chopping. All that's already done for you. In individual baggies. Then you can go and spend quality time with your loved ones. And we've all been there where you're, you've you just had a really crappy day. and It's just been a busy day. And you've had so much thrown at you that you didn't expect. And you're already almost at, at your personal bandwidth capacity. And then you get home and you run in the house and you're being asked by the kids, what? What's for dinner? And you're like, well, I don't know. Cereal. Okay. Yeah, pre-dinner affair cereal. Yeah. Right. But with dinner affair, 
you know, all the recipe cards they defrost 24 hours in advance. I'm going to tell you something. You, you, everybody that's quick in the kitchen knows how to do a quick defrost, and, and you can do that. And I did it last week with a dinner for your meal. Promo code for $30 off your first order. Very generous offer from Ken and Stephanie. Uh, live here in, in in North Atlanta on Dinner Affair. Caddy Reset 2021. C-A-D-D-Y. Caddy Reset 2021. 30 bucks off your first order. Dinneraffair.com. Dinneraffare.com. 30 years ago, coming to America, there was one white character. That same white character. Some one, one white man appears in the... Hello. Hi. You know... I started on cleanup just like you guys. But now, see, I'm washing lettuce. Soon I'll be on fries, then the grill. A year or two, I make assistant manager. And that's where the big bucks start rolling in. Just two years, eh? Louis Anderson. Love Louis. Here is Arsenio Hall and Eddie Murphy on Fallon talking about 30 years ago, Paramount saying, Paramount Studios saying to them, you've got to have a white guy. I uh, love Louis, but I think we were forced to put Louis in it. What? No, I, <laughs> I think we were, we were forced to, to put a white person. Yeah, Paramount was like, with the because the whole cast is black, and this was back in the you know the eighties. So it was like we have to have a white person. We can't do it. Has to be a white person in the movie. We said, what? <laughs> and uh, so it was. Uh, who's the funniest white guy around? Right? And then Louis, we knew him. We was cool with him, and so he, that's how Louis got in the movie. That's how I, Louis got in. <laughs> Because he's white. They need a white And he's guy. funny. I enjoyed the movie very much. I did too. Uh, I laughed. It was nostalgic. Yeah. I remember watching Coming to America 30 years ago when yep. it first came out. And the way that, that they uh, recreated the storyline a little bit. Yeah. But had many of the same characters in it. And there were so many people we were talking about that you had From no the idea. sexual chocolates. Well, just that came. Yeah. There were so many like um, cameos and people that Colin Jost and I mean, it Gladys, was Knight. Gladys Knight singing and James Earl Jones and Morgan Freeman. It Tracy was Morgan, really good. Um, I think that, you know, here, here's I want, I want to visit about the timeline of this movie. It started, it was filmed here in Atlanta, as was the original 30 years ago. I didn't know the original was filmed here. The palace in the, the, the movie that just dropped on Amazon Prime is the estate of rapper record mogul Rick Moss, uh, Rick Ross, rather. Hello. Uh, he lives down in Fayetteville, Fayette County, which is south of Atlanta, maybe 15, 20 miles. They started filming in August 2019. Then... October 2019, uh, Eddie Murphy said, you know what? As soon as we get done with this, then we're going to go into production for Beverly Hills Cop 4. Filming officially ended here in Atlanta in November 2019. I was curious. I thought for some reason maybe it was filmed during the pandemic. It was not. This, this movie was wrapped four months before the pandemic hit. A couple of notes. James Earl Jones, who, who in the original and in the new movie on Amazon Prime plays uh, Eddie Murphy. He's a king. Plays Eddie Murphy's father. Yeah, his dad. I looked at that segment in the movie and I just said to myself, something, something didn't look right. Well, I learned that because of his age, James Earl Jones did not travel to Atlanta to film his scenes with Eddie Murphy. It was all edited in during post-production. I know. With his little crown on, I said, look at his little hair. He looks so cute. I mean, he's definitely elderly. I think that this is the, you know, 
Amazon paid 120 million, I think, for the streaming rights. The budget for the movie was 60 million. I think though that, and we talk about street weeks with album launches on this podcast a lot. Same thing with movies; they're they're press junkets, and you're expected to clear a month and a half prior to release to just do press all around the world. This is the first movie that has really gone hard uh, as far as 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 uh, press to promote a movie uh, during the pandemic because they hit every they were on every single show. Yeah, but there again. That's what the post pandemic, that's what's come out of it is in the past, there were probably a lot of media outlets that would not get because I saw they do most of the press together, Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall. But now because you can Zoom or because you can do podcasts, I mean, think about it. Podcasting has opened up a whole nother lane for people where they can talk about free form about the movie. Long form conversation. Yeah, maybe we should call them and see if they want to be on our podcast. The marketing campaign for Prime Video for Coming to America was truly a global marketing campaign. Again, I believe this is the first time we've seen anything on this level since the pandemic because there haven't been a whole lot of movie releases. Especially a movie that you want to see, that you know, makes you want to smile. Yes, it, it makes was you want perfect to laugh. timing for that movie. They had the spot during the Super Bowl, and I think that's the first time people went or really had you know a, a, an idea that it was coming. Then they put the original on Prime Video in celebration of Black History Month. And then Prime uh, Video, they redid delivery trucks. Amazon Drive, they did wraps on delivery trucks promoting the movie. They did wraps on Boeing jets that Amazon owns in very key markets where the planes didn't have the Amazon logo. They had Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall and the Coming to America logo and the date, the streaming launch date. Don't you find this fascinating? Like, who doesn't have Amazon? Like, who's the market? I don't know that it was as much who doesn't have Amazon as much as they, they wanted it to be make you aware that it was coming. Yeah. Since the film's release, and we're not even a weekend at this point, and the, although they did drop it a day early, which was a very smart thing to do, uh, Prime Video has jumped to the number one most downloaded app for entertainment, and that's per, I looked, per the App Store chart, and number two across all free apps. Well, so, there you go. It worked. I loved it. Check it out. You know, you can, you can watch it with your kids, wouldn't you agree? We oh, did, yeah. Our kids had no interest, but. Yeah. You can definitely watch it with your kids. Yeah, it's, it was it was great. And, and and I said to you when we started, when we, you know, pulled it up through Prime Video to watch, I'm like, do you think we'll ever go back to a movie theater? Why would we? You know, there's so many people. Some people love, like I loved, I used to love to watch movies in a theater. I just do. Because you're kind of, your dogs aren't barking. You're out of your element. You can just sort of sit back. You've got You're your supposed popcorn, to silence your phone. Right, all that stuff. But like at your house, I don't know, it's kind of like, you know, some people love watching movies at their house. I don't know. But I, I just wonder if this from now on, this is the distribution plan. Oh, I think it is. For films. I don't period. think it will change. Even after everybody gets a stick. Right. I, I still think that this, the, the, the movie studios are going to say it worked. Yeah. It worked. And we were able to do press and not have to fly these yeah. actors all around the world for, for three weeks to do press in different countries. Yeah. And watch after them. Coming to America, streaming now on Amazon Prime. Something for all your home needs and all the great prices Donna and the Wolfman at Gallery Furniture. Whether you're looking for a dining room table, a king-size bed for your master bedroom, or a sofa for your living room, Gallery Furniture's got you covered. So many brands, so many styles, and Donna's going to work with you locally on business with financing if that's necessary. Tons of bedding options, recliners to $2.99. Voyager by Catnapper, 
Get a sofa and love seat. Sixteen twenty nine is the price for both the sofa and the love seat, and choose your color: brandy, slate, or elk. Slate or elk. Askforthewolfman.com is the, the 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 newly designed website where you can go and you can search by category, whether it's home office, whether it's kitchen, whether it's dining room, living room, uh, bedroom. Askforthewolfman.com. Ask for Donna. Ask for Marilyn. Legendary, uh, honest, iconic business owners here in the Atlanta area. And uh, I'm heading up this week to take everybody some pizzas. Love that. To go see Donna and the folks up there. Let's hit your Ethiopian story because we teased at the top real quick. NBA All-Star mm-hmm. Weekend. I think there were like 25 people shot in the city this weekend. Which that's not good. Uh, and you decide to, to motor down to uh, Buford Highway yeah. to eat Ethiopian. Which, I mean, none of that sounds like anything I would do. Here's the question. Why? Well, you know why, but the, the short, the long and the short of it is that Charlotte, our 15-year-old, her AP world teacher is giving them extra credit, was giving them extra credit if they would go, they're studying Ethiopia right now, if they would go and eat at an Ethiopian restaurant. So her and one of her friends decided that they were going to do this and that they were all in for it. I didn't know that the project wasn't due until the 15th. I don't think they knew that. They thought that it had to be done this weekend and the paper had to be turned in today, yesterday, Monday, Tuesday, whenever of this week. So originally, the other mom was supposed to drive them down there. And of course, she bailed. And she realized it was NBA All-Star Weekend. And it's Ethiopian food. Nothing. Listen, if we have Ethiopian listeners, nothing against you all. Nothing. I just can't. Do we have Ethiopian? Probably someone. I don't want people to think this has anything to do with me not liking other cultures. I just have a very bland palate. Like I have a palate of a nine-year-old. And and, and troubled tummy. And troubled tummy. So I have a palate of a nine-year-old and a troubled tummy. So I, when I tell you, and, and you know, the anxiety that I had all day it had nothing to do with driving two girls down to Buford Highway in the middle of the All-Star Weekend. I didn't even think about that part of the anxiety. It was just, I'm going to have to eat this food. I'm going to have to eat this food. I'm going to have to eat this food. I don't even know what this food is. I refuse to even look it up. I don't know. Like, what am I going to eat? Kangaroo? I, I don't know. I don't know what they eat. I don't know what they eat. So I picked the little girl up and we went down because all of the Ethiopian, not all of them. Actually, someone told me there was a great Ethiopian restaurant in Alpharetta. But, of course, we didn't find that one. We found the one down on Beaver Highway. So we go down there. Traffic is unbelievable. We pull into this one Ethiopian restaurant that's in, like, a strip mall. And you had a reservation. Had a reservation. It was also home to the penthouse nightclub. Popping on NBA All-Star Weekend. You have never in your life. There's people climbing on cars. They're taking pictures. And, and I'm just like, girls, we can't Were they twerking? Go. Yes. I said, we can't go to this restaurant. And here I've been reading all this stuff about how it's so crazy right now and people are getting their cars stolen and all this stuff. And I mean, like these three little girls pop out, me and these two little girls like, hi, we're here from, you know, the Christian Academy to do our Ethiopian project. So we get back in the car and we go on down the road to the next one. And it was it was actually the people that owned it were so kind. We had to ask them all kinds of questions about Ethiopian culture and food and everything. And they serve this bread and I'll have to get the name of it and is that it, what you brought home yes and this is gonna sound crazy it has a consistency of an ace bandage it's very porous and it's and the smell of a sweaty ace bandage and it's cold but it's what they it's it's like their bread and it takes them forever to make it and Do you everything dip it in garlic sauce you, like you have Papa John's kind of you or could. a chocolate fountain you that wasn't there I didn't see one you could but I am telling you I had to white knuckle through this I really did I ordered some tibs 
and tibs can be it's just beef it could be chicken giraffe I, don't, I, don't, <laughs> I honestly from the sahara don't know and this was not a situation i did not want to offend this sweet woman who owned this restaurant so there was no like moving it over putting it in a napkin covering know, it up covering it up taking it to the bathroom with you cuz you know so i just yeah i just went for it and i also didn't want with the girls to be like that person that you being right now exactly because, I mean, they were eating it. You know, and Charlotte's a pretty picky eater, too. She had ro- rice and some kind of, I don't know, vegetable, tomato horn. thing. Yeah, horn. And so then we were done. We left. And I would say everything was fine until about right, mm, 3 o'clock Sunday. We're getting the rap signal. <laughs> yeah. Where will you be when your Ethiopian needs you? Or kicks in. What we do for the kids is also that's I'm telling you. Yeah. Audio for this episode from Paramount Studios, The Tonight Show on NBC, Dolly Parton on Instagram, Barstool Sports, and Harpo Productions. Our thanks to executive producer Carl Appen. New episodes on Tuesday and Thursday of Cadillac Jack, my second act, part of the Appen Podcast Network. Amazon is scheduled looking like they're going to buy all of Thursday Night Football starting in 2023. Okay, that's a big deal. Yep. So right now they, they're allowed to, to show 12, episodes, 12 games a season, okay. but it's all Thursday. Uh, and it's it's pretty likely that they're going to get exclusivity for Thursday night. The other one, I was going to say a quick thing about libel in versus United States versus UK, which is probably why... De- dealing with the press and the royals, right? Right, okay. which is probably why um, Harry and Meghan did the interview in the United States, um, because in the UK, the um, burden is on the um, author and on the publisher to prove like what story they were having in order to like bring libel but in the united states it's on the person you have to prove that what someone printed was not true and in the uk you have to prove that what was printed you have to prove that what you printed was true if that makes sense it's like the reverse yeah they're opposites yeah Yeah. and then uh, uh one little thing obama signed in 2010 a law um that basically meant that Obviously, the interview is being viewed in the UK, but Obama signed a law that basically makes uh, U.S. courts, they will not enforce United Kingdom libel laws or rulings. Hmm. So like, be- like before, you know, the, you know, the firm could sue, you know, Oprah Winfrey because it was yeah. filmed over there. Or, yeah. I mean, because it was actually like broadcast over there, but it's unenforced. So they're protected. Yeah. Have you ever had Ethiopian food call? Oh, yeah. Really? Big time. And I know exactly <laughs> what bread? you're, you're you know talking about. The bread? About. Mm-hmm. I can't think of the name of it. I'll get it for the next one and just tell you guys what it is. It came like in a Little Caesar's Crazy Bit, uh, Crazy well, Bread Wrapper. That's, wrapper. that's just what they had to, uh-huh. for me to bring it home in. Yeah. Great follow on Twitter is executive producer Carl Appen, at Carl Appen, A-P-P-E-N. Let's go have lunch. <laughs>